0: we're talking about healing in the atonement. We're talking about how that healing belongs to you. I'm telling you we're living in a time where we have diseases of all kinds everywhere. We have viruses breaking out. We have mutated viruses breaking out. There's more bacteria in the air that could kill you. There's stuff everywhere. This is the valley of the shadow of death but he is your healer. Amen. And the Bible says that though a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, it is not to come near you. Pestilence, viruses, is not to come near your dwelling place. But we are New Testament believers, so we have to exercise our right to walk in this. It's already been given to us. And our pastor, are you actually saying? that, that we could be safe from a Corona or COVID-19 virus or a Delta variant. I actually am. But I'm only saying that because the word says that. And I'm telling you, I believe that the enemy is stepping up and he's trying to create fear. And this world is so ripe for a healing revival and God wants to use you for that. So step number one, he wants you healed. He wants you whole. He wants you strong. He wants you to have a testimony in your mouth of what God's doing and what he's done in your life. So this is why we feed on this. Healing. Healing belongs to you. Hallelujah. He is the healer. So get hungry about that. It is, you know, Brother Hagin said this uh, to some people years ago when he was alive on the earth. He said, man. The Word of God that you get excited about is the Word of God that will work for you. So get hungry. How do you get hungry? Feed on the Word of God. Make it first priority in your life. So we're talking about, this is the second week, we're talking about healing in the atonement, and this is the question. Is healing in the atonement? This is a big theological question that we must have the answer for. Thank God... I mean, it takes a lot of letters uh, behind your name to mess this up, but we've kind of messed it up a, a little bit. We have to answer the question, is healing in the atonement? What do you mean by that? This is what I mean by that. Is healing, physical healing, part of redemption? It is. It's not enough. To just be able to go, yes, I know it is. No, we have to have revelation in our heart where the Word of God opens up and you know that you know that you know. Now, I know I'm talking to the choir here because I know a lot of you believe that. So here's the way revelation works. Revelation of the Word, as you peer into it, you'll go deeper into it. And God wants to take you deeper. You'll know as you go deeper Because he wants to eradicate sickness and disease and pain and weakness out of your body And then he wants to eradicate it in those that you come in contact with Now, but don't think that you have to wait to minister healing to others Before your healing, you know, you got to wait till your healing manifests. No, no No, you can't give what you don't have and here's the thing what you need to have is revelation knowledge Don't worry about the manifestation, that has to come. But man, when you get full of what the word of God says, you'll know the answer to these questions. In other words, did Jesus, what we're saying by these questions, is healing in the atonement, is healing part of redemption, what we're really saying is, did Jesus die for my sickness, disease, and pain in the same way he died for my sins? The answer to that is yes, and it's all over the Bible, and we have to teach this. We have to know this. See, there's some people that says that healing has been provided for everyone. I think we're kind of in that class, aren't we? Right? Why are we in that class? Well, that's what the Bible says. But there's a big part of the body of Christ that says, no, God decides who he will heal and who doesn't get healed. And, and we got to ask the question, who's right? And I think as we go through this, that question of or, or that statement of God heals some and not others will become more and more ridiculous. Does God save some and not others? No. Well, but pastor, listen, if God wanted me healed, then I would be healed. Really? Well, the Bible says that God wants everybody to be saved. But is everybody saved? Do you know, we've been going for 38 minutes in this service. Do you know people, a lot of people, have left this planet and went in ti- inside the planet. That's right. they, they've died without Christ, and they've, they're lost forever, just in the last 38 minutes. This, this earth is like a big airport, right? There's arrivals and there's departures all the time. And God has placed us here, because we want to win this world to christ right Right? you know god would never want you to go out and kill somebody or steal or whatever but you know you could right Right? god actually wants you to meditate in the word day and night I don't want a show of hands at how many maybe have not been meditating in it day and night. Did you all of a sudden see, if, as soon as you stopped doing that, did you all of a sudden see a flaming, you know, an angel with a flaming sword going, you better start meditating or I'm cutting your head off. No, you'll never see that, right? In other words, it's almost like you can do whatever you want to do. And that's, that's is God sovereign? Absolutely. And here's rule number 1. Here's number rule number 1 of his sovereignty. Your will trumps his will. Oh, that's good. Right? That's good But this is why this is why Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship cuz he is so irresistible that when you get to know him, you start running after him. You get to know him more, you start running after him more. And you know that when you're running after him, he's running towards you. I mean, he just he's just, he is accessible. So last week, we talked a little bit about, we told the story of Korah. We're looking at Old Testament. The Old Testament we're looking at is bodily healing in the atonement in the Old Testament. And that story about Korah gave us a great picture. I want to do one more of those stories tonight. And let's turn to Numbers chapter 21. Numbers chapter 21, for a doctrine to be biblical, it's got to work Genesis to Revelation. It's got to work Old and New Testament. God never changed. Now, the way he, the way it works for us in the New Testament is different because we're born again. They weren't, but God is still God. He doesn't change. So Numbers chapter 21, we're going to start in verse four, and I'm going to read this to you. It says, and they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. So the children of Israel, God delivered them out of Egypt. They went through the Red Sea. Now here they are. They're on this journey. It was supposed to take them 11 days. It ended up taking them 40 years because they would not believe God. So now they're on this journey and they were discouraged because of the way. Okay? Do you know how many fellow believers get discouraged because of what's going on in their life? Do you know how many people that don't know God that are massively discouraged about their life? And this is where the children of Israel were. Now we know from New Testament Scripture the only reason why they were there is because of what they were looking at. They were looking at their circumstances and they were not looking at the promise of God. But they were looking at their circumstances. It says here, They were discouraged because of the way. In other words, as they were walking, they were laser focused on what was going on. Their natural circumstances. And as the more they looked at them, the more they got discouraged. Okay? Discouraged means they had no courage. So now, verse 5, and the people spoke against God and against Moses, if you get discouraged because you're looking at your circumstances, it won't be long that pretty soon your mouth is going to kick in, and you're going to start saying wrong things, which will be against God, and many times it'll be against your wonderful pastor or whatever, right? Or a lot of times it might be against your wife or your husband or your boss or whatever, but that's what happens. You look at natural things, you get discouraged, and then your mouth goes in a wrong direction. And we know from Scripture that our mouth, life and death is in the power of it, so it literally takes our life a certain direction. It says then, right after that, it says, Wherefore have you, this is what they said wherefore have you brought us up out of egypt to die in the wilderness now think about this who were they saying that to they were saying that to moses but did you notice what the word of god says god said they spoke against me and moses but they were speaking to moses interesting when Jesus showed up on the road to Damascus, he, you know, he, he has this encounter with Saul of Tarsus who became Paul. What, what did he say to him when he knocked him off the donkey? The power of God hit him, falls off the donkey. He's like, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul was having Christians killed and thrown in jail. But God's saying, hey, why are you persecuting me? Just know this. God takes it very personal what's going on in your life. And when people come against you, God looks at it as they're coming against him because you're his. It says here, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread, neither is there there any water, and our soul is sick and tired of this manna stuff. I mean, there's only so many ways you can cook it. It doesn't keep. You you try to save a little bit, and it just rots. Right? Verse 6, and here's, it says, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Oh, time out, pastor. So God isn't always good. He sent fiery serpents. Did he? Because if you look at the Hebrew language That word sent Was translated by the King James Translators In, a, in a, a, a causative Tense But if you look it up The verb tense in the Hebrew language Which that translator would have known It's just that's what he thought about God It's in the permissive tense It should literally be translated And the Lord allowed fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and much of the people of Israel died. Was it God's will? No. God wanted them in the promised land. It wasn't wasn't God's will. But why did God allow the fiery serpents? Well, in other passages of scripture, it says murmuring opens the door to the destroyer. It says the curse causeless shall not come. So God, the righteous judge of all the earth, he had to allow what the people opened the door for. You never saw anybody getting wiped out if they just followed God in the Old Testament. But you saw people getting wiped out right and left, but then you saw people turn back to God and instantly he would come, forgive, and they started being safe again and being blessed again. I love that about the Old Testament because I'm one of these guys that, you know, things start going good, Man, I'd I'd go and I'd do stupid things and then, but I'll blow up. Then I'd run back to God and He'd fix it all. And I'd keep running. Then I'd run away again. Have you? Am I talking about myself or has, have you ever done that? Yes. yes. Thank God, His mercy endures forever. Right. So it says here, much much of the people died. Verse seven. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, "We have sinned." Could you imagine? Could you imagine Moses? Everything in his flesh would have been like, do you think? Are you people idiots? Right? So now they're like going, whoa, wait, wait. Do you notice? Now this is what's amazing about these people. Do you know how many born again Christians have junk going on in their life and they still, they get mad at God? They still aren't smart enough to go, hey, uh, God, you know, Moses, I, I sinned here. That's, so this is pretty good. At least they realized it, right? And it says, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray unto the Lord. Could you imagine Moses' flesh? Forget you. <laughs> yeah. Right? No, no. This is the humility of Moses. Moses had a love for the people. He didn't take it, he didn't take it personally, even though, man, could you imagine what he had to put up with? In the same way, I know for me as a pastor, I can't afford to ever get offended. I'm so thankful that when you love the word, you won't get offended. I'm so thankful that the love of God when you face things will jump up and just hold you in the right place. In the same way, don't you let those people in your life that maybe you're ticked at because of what they've done to you or what they keep doing to you, don't let that affect you because they need you. That's right, Pastor. They need you to be able to still go before the Lord and pray for them, right? So it says, and Moses prayed for the people and the Lord said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent Set it on a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. Boy, can I relate to this story. Because I was born spiritually dead. I had been bitten by spiritual death. But I'm so thankful that when I got bitten, That could have turned into eternal death. But then I looked at Jesus. And I lived. I was healed spiritually. But in this case, we're talking about physical healing. Physical healing. Lift up, make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole. It's a type of Christ. The pole he was set on was the cross. And it, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. Verse 9. And Moses made a serpent. This serpent is symbolic of brass, which is symbolic of judgment. The serpent is symbolic, literally, of Satan, sin, but it's a type of Christ. But he was, remember, on the cross he was made to bear all of our sin so that we'd be made the righteousness of God. We're asking the question, is healing did he just, did he Did He? was he crucified and in the redemptive work, did he pay just as much for our sins as he did our healing? Are we just as much healed as we are forgiven? That's the question. It says and it came to pass that if if a serpent had bitten any man when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. In other words, the curse, the curse was removed by lifting up the serpent. Our curse was removed when Jesus was lifted up. This is, this is, a, this is an Old Testament type. In John chapter 3, I love it. We always quote John 3:16, but what about John 3:14 and John 3:15? Let's read that tonight. John chapter 3 verse 14 says, "And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up." That's how we know this is a type of Christ. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. So my question is, if healing were not in the atonement, then why were the dying Israelites required to look at the serpent, which is a type of atonement, to be healed? That would make no sense. Their curse was removed by lifting up this bronze serpent our curses removed again by lifting up Jesus 1 Corinthians chapter 10 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 10 Look at what it says here 1 Corinthians 10:10 10, 10. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer so now we have this all the way into the new testament the word of god is saying don't murmur so that you don't be murdered by the destroyer in other words there is life and there is death in your tongue now thank god if you have murmured you can literally repent in a moment of time, change your mind, change your will, change your purpose, and you can shut the door to the enemy. If you've opened, if your mouth has been just ripping people up, just change. That's good. Come on, Right? We'll just change right now. It shuts the door. Why? Because Jesus already paid for all this stuff. All right. You don't have to. Thank you, Jesus. Right? These are all types of, they're, they're types, they're shadows, but they're written for a reason. It says here, now all these things happened unto them for examples. It happened unto them, in other words, to be an example to us, they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. They were written for us. Learn, God is saying, how does see, does God does God correct you? Yes? Does he, does he allow you to get in a car accident so that he teaches you, you know, teaches you not to do that? No. The Bible says that God corrects his children with the word. So, so all this stuff is written so that we would be, would be, listen, okay, I could learn from them. That didn't turn out well. I'm going to keep my mouth in the right place, right? That's how God corrects you. He's a good father. So now, I just wanted to do a couple examples. We could could spend a lot of time on example after example. But what I want to talk about now is let's go to the New Testament. Let's talk about redemption a little bit. And this will really bring some balance and it'll bring some clarity. So get ready to get excited because, man, this is real good. Galatians chapter 3. Let's turn to verse 6. Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. Hallelujah. You guys doing okay tonight? Yes. Now remember, whenever you teach on healing, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So if you're sitting here with symptoms in your body, man, don't you will not interrupt the sermon, and you won't interrupt anybody around you. you it's okay to talk. It's okay to talk. Father, I thank you. Yes, I'm I'm healed. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Right? Arthritis, you gotta get out of my body. Blood, you gotta come in line. Right? Blood pressure, you gotta come down. Knee, you gotta work properly. Satan, I bind, don't worry about that. This is church. Right? Are you guys okay with that? It says here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6: Even as Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. So in other words, that brings it all the way to the New Testament, and it says, okay, we are children of Abraham, because why? We are of faith. Right? He was made righteous, Well, it was accounted to him for righteousness because he believed God. We who have believed God, we we live, we walk by faith, we live by faith. It says here, and the scripture, verse 8, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee all nations shall be blessed. Verse 9, So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Now, if you want to talk financially, God made him rich. The Bible says you're blessed with the same way he's blessed. His body was dead, and he was able at 100 years old to have a son, and he was still having kids at 122. And you're blessed with him. Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. I worked, man, I, you know, I had a physical job my whole life. And my, you know, the discs in my back, they're just gone. Kind of like when you're 100 years old, certain parts of a body are not going to work so that you can have kids. Right? Who is God? He's the God who quickens the dead. He makes dead things alive again. In other words, there's nothing that's impossible. Yeah, but you don't understand. Man, I partied. I drank. My liver is a disaster. My kidneys, they're saying that, you know, now this thing is going and within a couple years, I'm going to be on dialysis. No, no. No, no. He makes all things new. Right? well, you know, drugs just really affected my brain, and I'm, you know, no, no. All things are possible to him who believes. Right? You're blessed with faithful Abraham. See, how do you know that you're blessed tonight? Because you're a faith. See, Christians think, oh, I'll know if I'm blessed because the pain is gone in my body or because I have more money than my bills, or maybe I get a house, or, you know, whatever it is. But that's, no, that's not how you know you're blessed. The Bible says you know you're blessed because you're a faith. faith. So in other words, if you've accepted Christ, if you're a faith, you should walk around saying what? I'm blessed, not, not I'm going to be. I am blessed. Do you know part of that blessing? I don't go around saying I will be healed. I go around saying I am healed. Right? It's the language of faith. Faith accepts what God says no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. So if God says, and he says it right here, so they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. If God says you're blessed, guess what? You might not think you're blessed, but you're blessed. So just give it up and believe him and watch what happens to your life. Cuz that blessing will start showing up on the outside. Do you realize that there is nothing that the enemy could have possibly done in your life, no matter, you know, no there's no mistake you could have made in your past. That will mess up your future in God. There's not one mistake. He's bigger than all of it. Is that? That is too good to be true. Are you kidding me? You mean I get a get out of jail free card? Yes. It's called the gospel. And this needs to be proclaimed. Do you realize the majority of people, the reason why they're not here? Because they don't even know. They think God is... You know, let me come and, and let me stand up, kneel down, go confess to some priest my sin and, and you know, and, and go do this cycle of, of constant. I go do these things, and then I ask forgiveness, and then I do these things and ask, and I just never feel good about myself and my whole life is a disaster. Come on, That's not who God is. God is like, listen, come on, come over here to me and I will, I, I will give you my life. Man, you imagine if Jesus moved to Omaha today with nothing, if he just walked into town. Do you realize that there is no poverty and no lack that could ever attach itself to him? Do you know in his earthly ministry, uh, there was a university that did a study at how much in today's dollars it would have taken to take care of you know, 70 and their families and 12 and their, and I mean, while he had a treasurer that was stealing. The money, but think about it. Could you imagine? Okay, you know, we need to pay our taxes. Jesus to be like, yeah, let's just just go down this, there's, there's a lake, is there a lake around here? Yeah, Standing Bear Lake. Let's go, go Carter Lake. Just go, the first fish you catch, just pull the money out and, and you pay your taxes and pay mine. Oh, there's there's 5,000 people and their families here. They've been out in the desert for three days. Feed them. Well, there's no store. Well, what do we have? Because this is the principle. In the kingdom of God, what you have right now is enough. It's enough because what you have plus God is more than enough. It feeds 20,000 people, and you've got baskets full. Could you imagine that little boy? His parents are like, he's coming home, right? I mean, well, actually, could you imagine? Because that little boy was not alone. His parents were there. Could you imagine? Five loaves and two fishes. That was going to feed him, probably his mom and dad, maybe his brothers and sisters. That's all he had left after three days. Do you think kids when they have food and they don't eat for three days, don't eat any of the food? No, that's all that was left. But it was all they had. And could you imagine? Jesus asks. I wouldn't be so surprised if the stash was what mom was, mom and dad were kind of in control of the stash, but the little boy had just been hearing so many things that as soon as Jesus goes, well, what do we have? He probably grabbed it. The parents might have been going, And then at the end of that service, they're like, hey, you know, could you help us? Because we got all these baskets that we got to carry. We got enough food now. That's that's what I'm talking about here. It says here in verse 10, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. The curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone that continues not in all which are written in the book of the law to do them. So my question is, do you want to be under works? Because there's all these there's all these laws and parts of the law, and, and here's the thing, the word of God is very clear. If you want to live under the law, you gotta keep all of them. If you mess up in one thing, you are cursed. No, I think I'm going to live by faith. I'm not justified by my works, I'm justified by faith. It says, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. Verse 12, and the law is not of faith, the man that doeth them shall live in them. So there's two things that are spoken of in verses 10 through verse 12 here. There's two big comparisons. Number one, trying to be right in the sight of God by what you do. Number two, being right in the sight of God because of what Jesus has done. Now why Pastor, we're talking about healing. What are you talking about? Yeah, do you know how many people have put their healing based on what their works are? And it's not based on your works. It's based on Him. Right? God does not... God does not owe anyone healing because of their behavior. Yeah, but you know... My grandmother was the godliest person. And man, you know, she was sick and died. Why? God doesn't owe her healing. He owes no man any healing based on their behavior because man's behavior is not how you receive anything from God. But we got to finish the statement. But does God owe healing? God owes all of us healing based on what Jesus did for us he doesn't owe you healing because of what you may think you've done but he owes you because of what Jesus did well now wait a minute pastor what are you saying God owes me you know you better show me that in the word I'm so glad you came tonight. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's show you this in the Word, okay? So go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, we're going to talk about the woman who was healed, which had a spirit of infirmity. Every Sabbath for 18 years, the rabbi and the leaders of the synagogue would have seen this woman every, every week. The communities were small, so they would have seen her all week. There's so-and-so. She had a spirit of infirmity, and she was unable to straighten up. Can you imagine that? Just Just go, you know what, I'm going to see what this feels like. I'm going to do this for one hour. And good luck with that. You'll probably last five minutes, and you'll be like, I just can't handle this anymore. Right? It says here, And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and she was bowed together. She was bowed together. Now, let me take this a little further. Edwin was bowed over, he was not bowed together. That means she was lower. I don't think we even have anybody as flexible to do that here. But she was bowed together. That means her upper body was kind of going together with her legs. Do you imagine that? 18 years. And she could in no way lift herself up. Verse 12 when Jesus saw her, now remember, he's it's on the Sabbath. on the Sabbath. Jesus always healed on the Sabbath. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, woman, in that day and age, the word woman, that was the highest regard you could call anybody. So he totally respect, woman. What did he say? He said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. It's it's the Greek word Apollo. Woman, you are apollo from your infirmity. It means you are loosed. But the main meaning of this word is, woman, you are redeemed from your infirmity. Now Jesus hadn't gone yet. Remember, he hadn't gone to the cross yet. You are loosed from your infirmity. This is the Greek word asthenia. It literally means weakness, sickness, and disease. The literal meaning of this would be, woman, you are redeemed from your diseases and weaknesses. He just told her, woman, you're redeemed. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified god now check this out and the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation he was ticked off are you kidding me right i mean that's like that's like Vinny hit him with the bat are you kidding me you're ticked that this woman got healed after 18 years because it's the sabbath day see how religion is ridiculous it says here, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed, but not on the Sabbath day. Verse 15, and the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrite. This word hypocrite means you play actor. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead them away to be watered? And then, it, then here's what I want you to see. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? This is what, does God owe? This word ought means, you could translate it, must not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be loosed? It could also be translated, should not this woman be loosed. It also could be uh, like this. It is necessary that this woman be loosed. But you want to know the primary meaning of this word? It is owed to this woman to be loosed. She's a daughter of Abraham. And you and I are blessed with Abraham. Amen. So I'm here to tell you tonight that God... He owes you healing. And he's real excited about that. And he's saying, man, I got it all. It's all here at the table. Just come and receive it. So don't leave God hanging. Some people are saying, man, if I just, if I'm just good enough, if I, you know, but you know, God can't really do anything for me because I've just messed up so much. It has, if this is Bible, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what Jesus provided for you. That is not preached enough. And it'll never be preached enough in this church because we'll preach this every service. God loves you. And he saw you dead in your trespasses and sins. He saw your whole life. He saw every physical ailment you would ever, ever face. And Jesus literally bore it all before you were ever even born. And it's owed to you now because you have chosen to believe God. It says, and when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Wow. Galatians 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Why did he do that or how did he do that? By being made a curse for you. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Now, is this... Uh, Give me another scripture that this is ours. In verse 29 of chapter 3, it says, And if you be Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Wow. This is so, so important. This covenant doesn't belong to the Jews. It belongs to the church. Wow. Since disease is part of the curse... We've been redeemed from disease, from sickness, from pain. Why should not the last Adam, which was Jesus, take away all that the first Adam brought upon us? Wow. Oh, there's so many good things here. Isn't that good news? That's good news. I think we're going to have to take another week and talk about healing and the atonement. Because, man, don't get me started on Isaiah 53. Matthew chapter 8, and all these scriptures, you are redeemed. If you want to go all the way with it, you are not only redeemed, as much as Jesus literally died for your sins, he died to bring you healing and health, and he also died to take care of poverty and lack in your life and to bring you into abundance. In other words, he came to give you the very life and essence of God that God possesses. You are to walk as days of heaven on this earth. I'm telling you, the word of God will equip you to go out and do the work of the ministry. The wisdom of God that flows from the word of God will tell you exactly how to do that. The Spirit of God on the inside of you will lead you and guide you into all the truth. We just have to find His plan and walk in it. This is why the whole earth is groaning. It's it's just groaning for the, the church to wake up, to be awakened to righteousness. Guys, look at what's happening in the world today. I mean... My heart has so gone out for the people of Afghanistan. But you know, if you look at, I mean, the Ezekiel 38 conflict, which is about to happen. It happens after the rapture of the church. It says, and it could be America, because it says the young lions look at Russia and go, are you coming down here to take a spoil? Now they already have many 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 bases. Russia has many bases in Syria. All the nations of the earth for the first time ever are all in place right now. But you know the way Russia would really come down would be through Afghanistan. And now we're out. Hello. That way is 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 open. It's 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 crazy. We are seeing all these things happen. And I'm telling you, God wants to do a lifetime of ministry through your life in a short period of time. We don't have time to be distracted. Dive in the Word of God and find your place. You know, we have needs in our country that need to be taken care of. But we don't need to do it in man's strength and wisdom. We need to do it in the wisdom of God. There's needs everywhere. There's needs in our very city. It bothers me that kids tonight in our city will go to bed hungry. Right? In our own city. Where there's more food being thrown out in grocery stores and restaurants and other kids are going to sleep hungry. There's needs. And God literally wants to pour Pour himself into his church so that we are a storehouse to meet every need. So you gotta be strong and you gotta be healthy. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. So God wants you well. He wants you strong to serve him. Forget your age. If you're older, all that means is you're gonna do more because we need that. We need that wisdom. We need... We need those gifts inside of you and and all that, you know, if you've walked with the Lord for 30 or 40 years, man, these younger believers need you. You won't have to do a lot. You just live your life and pour your life into them and let these young guys and young ladies just go do a lot. But we all are the body of Christ. We work together. But tonight, God wants you well. Amen? Amen.